When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance. So today I have, it really has become a really good, I wouldn't say friends, we're getting there, we're getting there, but colleague of mine, we just hit it off so well that we wanted to do a little podcast swap, which we're going to be doing. But I also think that Paul has a great message. So I want to introduce Paul Spears to everybody. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, happy to have you. So let me just quickly run through just a synopsis of your bio so that everyone understands who you are. And then we'll just kind of dig in on finding out about your glass ceilings and what you've been able to break through. So he is, first of all, the host of the new P&L now, we all know that as profit and loss, everybody does, but it's actually principles and leadership in business. So really great podcast. I've been listening to a few of the episodes, and this is a series on really just stepping up on leadership. He interviews a lot of entrepreneurs and principals of companies, marketing people as well, but he is a speaker, a presenter, and a panel moderator on topics and trends around principles and leadership in business, as well as the growing field of commercial creativity and business innovation. And we're going to talk about that because I want to make sure everybody understands what commercial creativity and Mm -hmm. I got business innovation. (laughs) But after a career as a senior executive and entrepreneur in the creative services, marketing, communications, and reputation management sectors, he had a career-defining and life-changing series of events led Paul to reevaluate where he was heading professionally I can't wait to get to as well as the core principles and leadership characteristics that underpin a lot of businesses today. And I know we're really experiencing it in COVID. So we're going to talk about that as well. So anyway, he's launched this new podcast. This is his mission to help people really rebrand, create that reputation management. And I'll tell you as a speaker, reputation management is a huge, huge thing for me because it's really funny about people. It's like our passion is something that we want to get out there. We want to share with people, you know, that's the success to significance, right? Or our mess. And we want to share that with the world. And so often we're condemned for sharing it. I mean, it's a risk to stick yourself out there and be visible like that, just because you're trying to help people so much. And it hurts sometimes when people come back and, and say, I didn't like the way you said that. I mean, I'll give you an example in one of my podcasts, I was talking about mobile homes with an investor and I made the comment about trailer trash. And I said, 
look, a lot of people call it that. And I am one of those because I came from that. Okay. So I was really calling myself that, but I got a post from somebody saying I was really disappointed in you. And it's hard because gosh, you know, that's not what you want to hear. And it was taken out of context, but I didn't want to get into an argument. So I just let it go. But so again, thank you so much for getting on here. Really where I want to go with today is one, I want to hear your story. Two, I want to talk about what we need to do to have that reputation management. But in the context of this podcast, Mm -hmm. there are several people who are underneath that glass ceiling and thinking, do I want to do what I've been doing for so long? And maybe I want to do something new and a little afraid to take that leap. Mm -hmm. And then those that are in it and saying, was this the right thing? Or I'm having great success or those that have come through it. And I want to talk about that leadership and that marketing piece and that reputation as you're going through all of those steps. That makes sense? Absolutely. Okay. That makes complete sense. Yep. So I'm going to be quiet and let you talk for a minute, Paul. So tell us about your story. I mean, what were these career-defining and life-changing series of events that made you step back? And it might be where others are now saying, hey, there's something better for me out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had a career in in marketing in the creative services industry. I've built a few agencies, uh, design agencies and marketing agencies. Around 10 years ago, I had a marketing agency and we had been growing since 2005 when we established, doing very well. Without going into too much detail, I experienced what could only be perceived and seen as a very unethical series of events. And someone had an impact on the business that took the business to its knees and took my personal life to its knees as well at that point. I had the concept for the new PL then, and I thought there's got to be a better way of doing business, a more principled way of doing business in a way that both sides win, because I don't believe in the win-lose yeah. mantra in business, if you like. I think there is a way for both sides to win. Clearly, there has to be a balance, and clearly, we both want to move forward, but I don't believe necessarily in the adversarial side of business. So I held on to the new PL as a concept for that moment, and I'll touch on this a little later as well, I think, with the beauty and the benefit of ideas and the curiosity that you must hold on to the ideas you have, find a way to curate those ideas. An idea may not be right right now, but it will be right at some point in the future. But you have to revisit it. You have to give an idea ear to breathe and let it ferment and grow, if you like. So I hung on to that idea for a little while and revisited it from time to time. But nothing really seemed to fit the new PL concept in terms of a, a vehicle to take it to market, if you like. Then somewhere in the back blocks of my dusty brain last year, podcast and the new PL came together. And I thought this is a great concept for a podcast to start it. I was starting to do a lot more work around purpose within reputation management and the importance of that and how that needs to be redefined and how it defines businesses moving forward and their relationship with customers and other stakeholders. So I thought I'd start and just see how the new PL went as a podcast. The response was quite overwhelming. Nearly everyone I invited on as a guest, jumped at the opportunity. The listening figures grew and grew and grew, and the the guests grew and grew and grew, and the topics we tried to address as well. We've touched on an incredible number in the first 12 months from AI to technology for good, to marketing, to mental health, and many other things as well. 
So as that grew, I thought there's an opportunity here to develop that into a business as well in terms of the new P&L Brand Purpose Institute. So now we started working with businesses to redefine and align their purpose and principles, but more importantly, because of the way I'm wired, and I think it's important for creativity as well, how that purpose fits into the business's ambition and how it demonstrates its commercial worth and how it contributes rather than takes away from profitability. So I'm taking notes because I have some questions around that. I want to just kind of backtrack just a little bit and address the win-win that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. I think that I've heard people saying in COVID, and I remember when COVID first came out, it's because, you know, a lot of us, our businesses are doing better than they ever have, while at the same time, Mm -hmm. others are struggling tremendously, you know, not just businesses, but individuals, you know, just no money coming in, no job. And it's that feeling, guilty feeling of, you know, I mean, I can go down a thousand roads with this because it's not also guilt. You know, it's what COVID can do to you versus what COVID has done for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that I don't have any empathy for that, but I also think, you know, we have to step up to that. But when we talk about winning, winning, and if someone's listening in and saying, you know, I want to make this shift, but I don't want to be perceived as being someone who's taking advantage of people. What do you tell them to get them over that hump or break through that glass ceiling? I'd say is, what is your motivation for trying to make that next step? Because I think with anything in business and, you know, in life as well, if you can look at yourself in the mirror each morning and know that you're acting with integrity, you're bringing your best game to that day, that there's an honesty and a kindness in the way you go about your business, then I think that's the right way to approach things. So the first thing I would be suggesting they thought about is what is their motivation? What is their, you know, to use that very, very famous Simon Sinek uh, book, what is their why? And yeah. if their why is full of integrity and full of honesty, then make that next step and start that next step. But always come back to that central premise. What is your purpose? What is your why? What is the background behind the delivery of this? Yeah. It's funny you're mentioning that too, because James Dentley, who has been on this podcast and just spoke at my retreat this weekend virtually, he made the comment that in 2021, his focus in all the speaking that he's doing and what he's sharing with everyone is purpose and path. And I think that's really yes. you know, important. It's knowing your why and your purpose, but then also what's the path that you're going to take to be able to deliver that And I'll add because of you in a way that is full of integrity, full of honesty and full of the heart of giving rather than taking. And that creates a wonderful reputation. Absolutely. And I gave a presentation recently on social innovation and how businesses can link social innovation as well as traditional innovation into their business. And one of the central tenets of the argument there is there's nothing wrong with profit. It's how you generate profit and what you do with that profit. Yeah. The world doesn't survive without profitable companies, but it's the way path, as you say, the way you generate that profit and then what you choose to do with that profit once it's been earned. So profit is not a bad word. It's how it's aligned to the purpose that generates it. Yeah, I think that's really important. So let's talk about the shift that you're seeing in your space. You know, you and I've talked about this before. I mean, a lot of, and just so that everybody knows, You work with marketing companies, which is interesting because you're a marketing company, but you work with other marketing companies that have lost their ways, so to speak, 
during COVID, right? And so you're helping them, but you also help mid-sized businesses and corporations sort of reset. And as we talked about before is come up with that commercial creativity and business innovation. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about that shift. So if someone's listening and they're a business owner, maybe this is something they don't even know that they don't know. And so Mm -hmm. you're going to bring this to the forefront and help them understand that one of the worst things in the world is to find out, oh gosh, I wish I had known that six, eight months ago. And now I'm behind the wave and not in front of the wave. So let's talk about the wave and the shift that you're seeing in medium size and small too, obviously, because a lot of people listen to entrepreneurs, but what is the shift you're seeing in marketing right now and being creative in, in your marketing? I think whether it's marketing or any other business, SME or otherwise, when a business is launched, it starts with a purpose. The founder starts it for a reason. And as that business grows, Sometimes through changes of staff, new CEOs, even the CEO who founded it drifts further and further away from their core passion and their core purpose. And when you drift from that, you lose a bit of the rudder in the boat, so to speak. And you start focusing on the product and the absence of purpose. And the product and the deliverable should be the outcome of that purpose. You should always have that purpose of the central focus. And I think what COVID has done, and I think it also... It was on this route prior to COVID as well. I just think it sped it up and accentuated it. People are trying to redefine their business in a highly competitive environment. And one of the few ways you can redefine yourself truly in a highly competitive environment is to redefine or define your purpose, because that is the essence of who you are as an individual, who you are as a business. Most of us sell products that there or thereabouts, the kind of same services or products as someone else in the market. We may have some benefits to ours that others don't and vice versa. But what really defines the differential is the purpose that sits behind that motivation for the delivery of that product, the way you deliver it, the service that you wrap around it, and the kind of that intangible value that big brands and small brands offer that people will stay because they're loyal, because they just feel an emotional attachment to that brand. And most of that emotional attachment is because people understand that there's a purpose that sits behind it. Yeah, that's, um, gosh, it's just so interesting because what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about Amazon, right? And I'm thinking about Microsoft and, you know, obviously the big guys, Walmart, that type of thing, where as they have grown, the stickiness of the loyalty has gotten better, not worse. You know, I'm thinking about actually a marketing person locally in my community who everybody loved this company and then she decided to sell it. And after she sold it, it went away. Mm. It went away because that purpose probably didn't transcend into the new company. It was more about, hey, thanks for letting me buy your company because it's profitable. Now I'm going to make a whole bunch of money. And the focus, the flashlight shifted, Yes, you know, or as you said at the rudder, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. The rudder shifted. And so that's a very interesting concept about that. So do you think that, because I know one of the things that you talk about is reevaluating the values, principles, and the purpose, you know, obviously a big word for me, and you have this, you know, in our notes as well is alignment. I talk about aligning your core values with every decision you make in your business. Now I talk about that at a very low level for the one-to-one entrepreneur, But you're saying basically the same thing is what are those core values? So 
I guess I want to ask this question for a corporation. If the leadership of the corporation changes, does the core value change with that leadership because those people have different values? And because they always come in and assess what's going on and then they make shifts, right? So are those shifts coming from them personally as their core values or is it just a better way to fulfill or deliver execute on the core values that already existed? What's your opinion on that? Should they shift? They can shift. I mean, I think every business has to be, it's an organic creature, isn't it? It grows. Yeah, it needs innovative. To grow and yeah. Needs to change. And <laughs> if you have companies that are 50 years old, then clearly the values that they held true 50 years ago may not all be relevant for yeah. today's business. But I think there are core values and then there are the way you communicate and deliver values that sit on top of that. So the core values of integrity, of innovation, of decency, of the place that that business has in society, you may change the way you communicate them, but I don't think they should fundamentally change the business. If you take a business like Patagonia, it's evolved over time, but it's core values of giving back, of maintaining that integrity, of the relationship with the customer is always set there. And you can see that in the way it demonstrates its values through its commitment to sustainability and various other causes around the world. And I think that would be the other thing I would add to that. We can come up with as a business any values we want to, any principles, anything we like, and we can communicate them, we can say them. But we live in an ultra-transparent world now where brands have largely lost control of the message. So if we don't walk the talk in terms of our purpose and values, then those stakeholders that we communicate to can very quickly see the imbalance between what we're saying and what we're doing. So it's great to have values, but you have to be able to demonstrate those values day in, day out and live by those values. And you'll be familiar with them. You know, they'll sit on a wall somewhere and the employees will walk past them every day and then they won't mean anything to anyone because the impression has only been made on the wall. The impression has not been made and the hearts and the minds of the employees and the brand and those who the brand has a relationship with. So we have to be able to demonstrate it every day. Yeah, I'm smiling if you're listening and not watching. I'm sitting here smiling because that's where I get back to, you know, what I've said to my clients is defining those core values and then making decisions based on those core values, like looking to those core values as your mentor, you know, as your good angel, bad angel on your shoulder, that every decision should be made based on those. And It's pretty funny how people just don't look at core values. It's a loose sort of thing. It's like, oh yeah, I have core values. Even when I ask people, what are your core values? I get responses. And this is the business owner, right? I get responses, "Um, family. And I go, well, I don't know. Is that a question or is that a true core value that you have? You know, put your uh, integrity. Is that a core value? I don't know. Is it? Every single decision has to go back to, am I hurting my family? Am I hurting my integrity? If principles. So I think what you're telling us is that principles remain the same and tactics change over time. And so I want to ask you about tactics. And well, before I do want to ask you something else too. So one of the things that I've actually been participating with is in sort of the branding piece of things. And I was presented with and watched, and if you haven't watched this, and I'll put the link in there too, but a YouTube video that Harley Davidson put out, it was actually a commercial that they did. It's a beautiful commercial. 
The entire commercial is we believe, we believe, we believe, you know, we believe that you can do this and do that. And it really pulls me in and draws me in. And I'm not a Harley person. I don't ride those bikes or any, I just don't ride motorcycles, but it draws me into that's a company I want to be associated with. And I think that that is really important because all they're doing, and there's probably what 40 or 50, I believes in that one commercial or we believes that means there's 40 or 50 purposes and core values that they have in their business. And so bear with me as I'm explaining this, because then we were shown a construction company that a gentleman had owned for like 30 years. And when you went to his website, it's like, okay, we're a construction company and we can help you this. And it was like all words, right? His son took over the company and a great company. I mean, you could read between the lines. It was a wonderful company. His son took over the company and put this huge picture of that big bulldozer that a man stands. He only stands to the middle of a wheel, right? (laughs) I mean, it's that huge thing. And all it said was, we believe that big boys should have big toys, right? And it was like, oh, we get it. It's still a great construction company, right? And so when I talk about that and that sort of belief system, my question then leads to what is the resistance, the struggle? I take a lot of notes when I'm doing this, the struggle, the resistance, or the avoidance that entrepreneurs and business owners have in going to that soft side or making these changes or sharing those beliefs and core values, what is the resistance they have in taking that on in the marketplace? I think if you use the Harley Davidson example, which is a great one, they've invested a lot in that marketing campaign and it's a fantastic strategy. Now, if that isn't represented in the way you go to the store. customer service representative deals yeah. with the customer or the way yeah. employees are treated or whatever it happens to be, then all of that investment means nothing because those that are experiencing the brand firsthand don't believe rather than do believe. So I think the challenge with, I guess, not convincing, because my view is if you have to convince an SME or a manager that they need to have purpose at the core of their organization, they're probably not the right client for us. But some of the resistance comes because it is actually and can be hard work to ensure that Every week you ask the question about what you're doing with relation to your core values. How is what you're doing this week related to your core values? How are you communicating? How are you walking the talk? What is the customer thinking as a result of that? Sometimes it can be hard work and commitment, but I guess the other side of it is you have a business with a limited life cycle because at some point that business without purpose completely loses its rudder, to use that analogy once again, and drifts off and the competition take over because the competition have a more focused, purposely led business and they know where they're going and why they're going there. So it may be a bit of short-term pain to realign, redesign your purpose, but ultimately it's got to be more beneficial because you have staff members that understand why they're doing what they're doing. They feel like they're part of a team, they're collaborating, their creative ideas are open because it's a more collaborative culture and you have an audience that understands what the core purpose of the business is, 
but also sees that this business is demonstrating its core values and its core purpose in its market, either the way it develops its product, the way it relates to its communities and its stakeholders, or what it does with its profitability. So I think it's hard at the front end, but the long-term benefits are great. Yeah. And I think it is both sides too. You know, when I think about trying to be like everybody else and it's not in alignment with you can be seen a mile away. It's fake, right? So that is like trying to be like everybody else and then having misalignment. And then the flip side of that is having the alignment and not delivering that piece. So it's really is a yin yang in this. And so when we talk about, you know, life after breaking through glass ceilings or just breaking through glass ceilings and going, not always going from success to significance, but when we're talking about the core values, it really is making sure that we're significant out in the marketplace. What are some of the results that people can expect? You know, it's like, you can do this, you can get in alignment, you can deliver on that. And what are some of the results that some of your clients see? Or, and I'm not asking like they went up, you know, 300% profit or anything like that. When someone wants to break through this and say, man, this is a tough ceiling to break through. When I want to break through that, what's on the other side for people? What kind of experiences can you share? I mean, I think key to that is setting and this is what we do, we set the expectation of what the client hopes to achieve from this right from the outset. So, you know, we're talking about alignment. So their alignment and my alignment of what can be achieved with this is in sync. In terms of what can be achieved, we set the ambition in terms of if, let's say for as an example, and I had this recently, we had a business that had high staff turnover and the business owner couldn't really get to the bottom of why people were leaving Mm. So we conducted surveys, we looked at what the, the challenges were within the business and uncovered various issues that the MD wasn't really aware of because he was one step removed from the day-to-day operating of the business, if you like. But people were becoming disengaged and disenfranchised very, very early in the piece. So they treated it as a job because they, you know, you need the money, you pay the mortgage, but there was no personal investment in that job from many of the staff yeah. So we worked with them to implement a program over a period of time, and they've seen a definitive decrease in their turnover. Now, there are a number of costs with the decrease in turnover of staff. You don't pay recruitment costs Correct. to bring the next people in. You don't have a, a dip in productivity as the next person learns and so on and so on. So that's probably a very good example that it may lead to profitability. You may not be able to put a line in that balance sheet in the bottom right-hand corner about how it is immediately contributed but it's contributed to a retention, a business that, yeah, retention and that the staff are happier and they feel more motivated and they feel like they're coming to work for a reason rather than just for the paycheck. Yeah. And the culture changes and I am horrible with phrases because mm-hmm. I always mess them up and like all tides rise boats or all boats rides. <laughs> we'll see in the rudder and the drifting, right? <laughs> but, you know, everybody rises, everybody. And so those of you that are listening, you're like, oh, Jen, get your act together if you're going to use a phrase. <laughs> but all tides rise boats or all boats rise tides. And, you know, and I think that's it is it then becomes a joy to coming to work and everyone helps everyone. And I think that that's a really key piece of that too. So as we kind of close up here today, Paul, in the time that we've had together, I know that you have a little offer that you want to give everybody or give someone here that you offer three 30 minute brand purpose consults every month. So how are we going to be able to get that from you? So I'll put the link in here, obviously, if someone wants it, but yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about so that. Form, 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm offering three 30-minute consultations, one to each of three listeners today. And it's just an opportunity to, I'd like to listen rather than talk in that 30 minutes. I'd like to understand a little bit about their business, where they think they sit in relation to purpose, what they do, what their ambitions are for the business over the next five years. We can make some recommendations on the back of that, and they will be informal at that point. And then we can look at whether they would like to expand the conversation, if you like, from there. Anyone who is interested in that can go to principlesandleadership.com, go to the Contact Us page, fill in the form, and just put in three 30-minute consultation at the top of that header, and I will draw three from the listeners at random and get in contact with them from there. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And yeah, so you have it, and of course, we'll have all the links below so that everyone can reach out to you and listen to your podcast as well, because this is just the tip of this. And so I would say, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening in and there's like this vacancy or the disconnect in your ability to attract clients rather than, you know, always call it pushing a rope. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like you're pushing a rope, right? And rather than drawing clients in, I should say a line if we're going to stay in the boat world, but you know, it's like pushing (laughs) a rope and we want to be able to draw that line in attract people into this, then definitely head over to his podcast and start listening in and catch up on some of the other episodes that have happened over the last year, you know, to see what else you might be missing in this and definitely get in touch with Paul. So Paul, let me ask you this. Is there a quote or a book? So I'll give you both sides, a quote or a book that is a mantra that you live by that is in alignment with what we've been talking about that you'd like to share. It's not a specific book or mantra. I think keep curious is my mantra because I think that is the, you know, I touched on it earlier on with the new P&L. You've got to let ideas breathe. You've got to curate them. You've got to keep them. You've got to revisit them. Ideas are the essence of all innovation and innovation is the essence of all business. So we need to get back whatever stage we are in business to thinking about ideas, but particularly keeping those ideas and looking at them in the future. Some ideas might not be right for right now, as I said earlier, but they will be right at some point. I gave an explanation to someone a few weeks ago, a friend of mine, about the new p I'm in my early 50s now. I've always felt I've been in the right field in my business, and that's a literal and a figurative field. It's a rugby field or NFL field, but I've always felt I've been looking the wrong way. And mm. at some point last year, with the podcast and the new p I turned around and I saw the goal that I was supposed to be running towards. In my early 50s, I'm probably going to be running a lot slower than I was at 25, but (laughs) but at least I know where I'm running now. And there's always a better tomorrow. We've got to keep pushing towards that goal, but that goal will come from ideas and creativity and you need curiosity to keep that going. Yeah, I love that. I always call those parking lots. You know, when you have the ideas, like put it in a parking lot go back to it every year, twice a year, maybe every once a quarter, whatever is comfortable for you to say, hey, are there any ideas that I had in here that now I can pull out of my you know, rabbit hat, so to speak? I think you're going to get to your goals faster because you're wiser. Yeah, well, that's maybe. <laughs> it's not a <laughs> physical movement. It's here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, again, I want to say thank you so much, Paul, for taking time with us today. And I know that we're going to continue. And I owe you some emails. I know that some introductions and things like that, but I'm so excited to have met you. And I'm so excited that our relationship is continuing to 
blossom over time. And my hope is that many, many people who have listened to this podcast want to go to your podcast and listen in and want to engage with you to bring on this new, it's not really a new method, but I think it is. I mean, to me, it's a new revisit of it, a new way of thinking about our businesses and not going sort of the old way through here, but saying, you know what, maybe we need to slow things down a little bit, take a step back, reset and deliver in a new way um, than we ever have before. So I'm so excited that you're bringing this to the world. Thank Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Absolutely. So again, I want to thank you everyone for listening and taking time from your day to listen in on something that I hope I've brought value to you today as well. So please take a few minutes to write a review for us. Give us a rating, a good rating, a five-star rating. And we will see you next time on Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.